MSW Media. All right, all right, all right. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. This is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Hi, how are you? Fancy seeing you here. I'm not seeing you, but fancy you hearing me here. Does that make any sense? I'm Dan Dunn. I'll stop right now with that nonsense. Uh, What I'm drinking is a 2018 Dow Cabernet Sauvignon from Paso Robles, California. It's a nice bottle of wine, a nice $30 bottle of wine. It's uh, got a, a lot of black cherry and some cedar and eucalyptus on the nose. Great structure to this wine. It's got a, a, a very solid backbone with polished tannins. It's a powerful wine, but also silky and smooth. I'm really looking forward to trying this wine with some steak, although that would require me going to the grocery store, which still scares the shit out of me. But it is really good wine. Dow Cabernet Sauvignon 2018, 30 bucks. If you want to check it out, go to DowVineyards.com. That's D-A-O-U Vineyards.com. And uh, pick yourself up a bottle of that wine. It's really good. Uh, coming up on the show today, I got an interview uh, with comedian and podcast host extraordinaire Christina Hutchinson. You're going to want to stick around for that. We get into all kinds of stuff whiskey, quarantine, fucking, a lot of sex talk in there, movies, everything really going on on that one. It's a good, really a fun interview with Christina. A couple things to tell you about. First, um, this week, Tuesday, April 28th, I'm going to be doing a uh, live blending with Whistle Pig Whiskey, part of my deal with Flaviar. Uh, I'm going to be with Pete, the master blender for Whistle Pig. I believe it's 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Flaviar's YouTube channel. Just go there. We're going to be actually blending on screen. People are going to be joining in. Should be a lot of fun. And then this Thursday, as always, every Thursday, I do a thing called Nightcap Live presented by Flaviar where it's about an hour-long virtual happy hour we do. We live stream it from Flaviar's YouTube channel. The The spirit this week is going to be Angel's Envy out of Kentucky. Beautiful whiskey. And our guest is going to be the Burger King himself, George Motz. George Motz has written tons of books about burgers. Nobody knows more about burgers than George Motz, and I'm going to be chatting him up on Thursday night, uh, April 30th, Nightcap Live, presented by Flaviar, 7 p.m. Eastern, for Pacific. Pacific? Can't even say it. Uh, let me have a little bit of this wine. Yeah. Mm. All right. A uh, regular uh, listener to the show by the name of Bob Stansfield reached out to me on the social medias regarding my very first book that I ever published called Nobody Likes a Quitter and Other Reasons to Avoid Rehab. Bob uh, bought the book and read it and loved it. Now, I personally would not recommend that book. That was my first book. I can't even look at it, but that's you know, just going to get my sea legs at that point. I would recommend either Living Loaded or my most recent book, American Wino. But thank you, Bob. Thank you for reading. Thank you for reading Nobody Likes a Quitter. And the reason he wrote, though, is not just to tell me that he wrote the book. He wanted to point out that 
in that book, I had mentioned and reviewed a vodka that was out at the time. Now, keep in mind, Nobody Likes Quitter came out in 2007. So I had, I had a bit in there about a vodka that I had reviewed that was put out by a man by the name of Donald J. Trump. Now, I know I wrote about Trump in American Wino. I wrote about Trump Winery, which is in Virginia. I went there, and that was before I ever had any idea that Trump was going to run for president or become president. But this was way back. So I must have written this in 2005 or 2006. The book came out in 07. And so I went and I dug out my copy of, of Nobody Likes Quitter, and lo and behold, there it is. Hold on. Let me grab it. Right there on two page 204. A uh, little review of Trump Vodka, which at the time was retailing for $40. And this is what I had to say about Trump Vodka. It's no secret that the Donald likes to slap his name on phallic symbols and that there are only so many towers out there for the branding. Still, the guy claims to have never even tasted coffee, let alone more intoxicating legal stimulants. So Trump peddling vodka seems as unlikely as Mel Gibson backing a line of designer yarmulkes. So just a quick note there, I'm, I'm assuming this happened then, obviously, right around the time Mel got pulled over and had his epic rant on the PCH. Okay, back to the review. At the time of the brand's 2006 launch, the toupee tycoon himself went on Don Imus's syndicated radio show to explain his decision, saying, I know it's like tobacco companies making cigarettes and then advertising don't smoke, which I think is a ridiculous, adding, quote, but it's a legal product. And if I don't sell it, someone else will. Ah, I see. So he's just trying to beat Ivanka and Donald Jr. to the punch. The people the king of self-glorification hired to promote his brand have dubbed Trump Vodka the world's finest super premium vodka. And while the folks at Kettle One and Grey Goose, among others, would certainly beg to differ, it says here that Trump is a well-rounded, competitively priced spirit. Esteemed master craftsman Jacques Delat of Wander's Distillery, which has been producing vodka since 1631, makes Trump vodka in Holland. It then goes into a distinctive bottle designed by famed artist Milton Glaser. And while DT was a bit off the mark in predicting that, quote, by the summer of 06, I fully expect the most called-for cocktail in America to be the TNT, or the Trump and Tonic, history suggests... One should never bet against this guy. And oh, how ominous that last line was there. Ah, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, ominous. speaking of ominous, man, everything's getting canceled. You know, they're just canceling, canceling, canceling. The biggest event in the booze business, one that I go to basically every year, is called Tales of the Cocktail. It happens every July in New Orleans, Louisiana, Everybody comes from all over the world. The creme de la creme of the spirits business uh, go to tales, and there's all kinds of seminars and parties, and it's just amazing. And just got canceled. Just found out a couple of days ago that tales has been called off uh, physically. They're going to be doing some stuff online, but virtually. But the actual tales going down there has 
been called off. And I'm bummed about that. So I dug up an old clip, something I recorded years ago uh, with an old friend of mine by the name of Joe Gerbino. A very quick little thing. But Joe talks about a really delicious cocktail. And I just thought I'd play it because I'm feeling nostalgic right now for Tales. So here we go. So this is it. This is where, this is the Oscars meets spring break of the booze business. Anybody who is anybody in the booze business is here in New Orleans for Tales of the Cocktail. And I want to find out what do the, the movers and shakers of the cocktail world, what are they drinking? What's happening? So, sir, what is your name? Joe Gerbino, Director of Public Relations for the Fountain Blue Hotel in Miami Beach. That sounds like a fancy place, is it? It's a fancy place and a fantastic job. Okay, what do you got? You've got a, a white, it looks like a white milkshake in front of you. What are you drinking there? What I'm drinking here at the Carousel Bar in the Hotel Monteleon is a gin fizz made with Bombay Sapphire. My preference is Oxley cold distilled gin, but unfortunately they don't have it behind the bar today. So Bombay Sapphire is a great backup. Um, I drink this drink every time I come here, and specifically to the Carousel Bar. You have to have one of these at least when you're at Tails, and that's what I'm doing today. Why is that? Why? Because no place else will make them for the first thing, because many bars don't even use fresh egg <laughs> behind the bar. Um, and some bars treat them like a mojito. They think they're a pain in the ass to make, and they won't put the time into it. But here, they understand craft cocktails, and they understand the art of making a great gin fizz. Thank you, man. Oh, man, doesn't that drink sound good right about now? Oh, Joe Gerbino, miss you, buddy. And I'm going to really miss Tales of the Cocktail this year. Miss seeing everybody down there. Okay, I think it's time to run over to our interview with the great Christina Hutchinson. Let's go. Christina, what's happening? So, uh, Christina Hutchinson is a New York City-based, well, New York City-based, but born in uh, in Philadelphia area. We're going to get into that, my own town. Uh, she's a stand-up comedian, author, and co-host of Guys We Fucked, the anti-slut-shaming podcast with her comedy partner, Corinne Fisher. Uh, Christina's been featured on Comedy Central's This Is Not Happening, uh, Aziz Ansari's Master of None, True TV's Laugh Tracks, and Kevin, Kevin Hart. Who's that? I don't know him. Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud. In addition to several sold-out international tours, Christina and Corinne, who together are known as the comedy duo Sorry About Last Night, have been featured on CNN, NBC's Last Call with Carson Daly, the TEDx stage, Vanity Fair, and People Magazine. I guess they were probably the most beautiful issue. She, uh, Christina also hosts her, her own podcast, solo podcast called The Voices in Our Heads. It's out every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcast. And of course, her most prominent credit, uh, getting fucked up with me in Venice, California. Yeah, we did that. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you. Uh, I wish I was, I wish I were seeing you in person, but we're, we're zooming. Yeah, you were going to come down to New York and go and attend We're Not Banging. I was going to do that. Justin Silver I was going to be there, and then you guys were going to come to my whiskey event in Brooklyn, and this goddamn virus screwed it all up. Yeah. You have a yard in L.A. That's pretty I know. Cool. Where, where are you in the city? You're in New York, but where, where section of the city? I'm in mid, Midtown slash Murray Hill. Okay. So can you even go? Or the, is Central Park open? Are you allowed to go there? 
I took, I just got a puppy and I took him to Central Park on Sunday. I turned my text notifications off and I went, I got dropped off at 96th Street and there's this waterfall I used to hike to. And we hiked to the waterfall and we laid down on a blanket. Yeah, there was a lot of people in Central Park, but I will say they were doing a great job at staying the hell away from everybody else. So okay. that was nice. See, here in California, they've, you know, the beaches are closed. All the trails, hiking trails are closed. And, they, and you know, frankly, they have to do that. And I'm going to be really interested. Uh, you and I recording this podcast is going to go up, you know, the end of the week. And it's it's supposed to get really, it's kind of crazy in terms of california standards the weather's been cold and rainy for most of this quarantine that's oh that's yeah but kind of nice that's changing that's changing though this week it's supposed to get into the 80s and and i looked at the weather forecast and it's like 80 and sunny for the next 10 days and so i'm going to be curious to see what happens like you know are people going to start coming i mean again they can't go to the beach but they can walk the neighborhoods and ride bikes and i'm I'm just going to be interested to see how that works out. Oh, yeah. Best of luck. I think Can they close, like Runyon Cannon? Is there a gate that prevents you from actually? Oh, okay. I'm sure people are venturing out there and trying, but there are park rangers and whatnot, and I believe it's a pretty hefty fine if they if they catch you. Okay. So I, as far as I know, now what is happening, and like a friend of mine sent me a picture last weekend, so you know where the Venice Pier is down there, you know, the iconic Venice Pier. Yes. And there's a whole area down there with a bunch of bars and stuff. The bars are closed, but some of them are selling cocktails out the door. You know, you can get them to go. A friend sent me a picture. It looked like the 4th of July down there. There was hundreds hundreds oh, of people really? all congregated outside. And uh, it's scary. I mean, I get it. I get the yeah. impulse to want to do that. But, you know, I am frankly just don't want to die. So I'm staying in. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't want to undo all the work that we've been doing by by it only really takes one person to screw it back up and then the virus is spreading again. Cuz New York New York and and Los Angeles have been the two cities that have been pretty strict. Um I've been rollerblading a lot, but my rule of thumb is um if I go to where whatever area I plan to go to, whether it's Central Park or the East River, if it's crowded, I just leave cuz I don't want to contribute to the crowds. But if it's if there's people but everybody st- can can stay away from each other, I I go and ride rollerblade. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a, I, you know, it's rollerblading's hard. I find rollerblading very hard. I do it stoned. Yeah. I've, I've been doing it for many years. So I'm at the point where I can, you know, like go really fast, really stoned. And it's very, it's a thrill. I, I also live by two major hospitals in New York City. I'm a block away from Bellevue and NYU. And so the other day, uh, there was a refrigerator truck parked across the street from my apartment oh, for the dead bodies. Jesus. And I was like, guys, you got, I mean, I mean, move that. You know oh, what I mean? Like, man. come on. What a crazy time. Mm-hmm. Well, the good news is there's still alcohol. Uh, so that, how are you, Thank how God. are you, how are you keeping up? How's your drinking schedule? I'm finding a lot, I'm seeing a lot of people that are saying they're drinking every day. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely having some sips. I'm not drinking every day, but I I like a sip. I I drink whiskey straight. So um, I bought a, I had a short film that we premiered online since all the festivals I submitted to got canceled. So I just put it online because I'm like, oh, what a what a rare opportunity for a very captive audience. Um, and so I bought a bottle of 18 uh, year McKellen, and oh. that was two Fridays ago. I mean, that was finished in a week. One of the great, uh, one of the you know. That's a desert island whiskey for me. People ask me all the time, like, what do I drink? 
I can tell you in terms of scotch, that's definitely, that's in my top 10 of all the 18, the McAllen yep. 18. It's a delicious one. And, and you, you teed this up for me. So your, your short is called dwell. And I, I loved it. I watched it. I watched it twice. Uh, obviously I know you and, oh, and my, my dear friend, Justin Silver is also in, in the movie. He does a great job. It's a, it, you know, it, it really, what's crazy about it is that how much it resonates. And obviously you weren't thinking about this when you made the movie, but to me, it's, 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 go ahead. You talk about a little bit of what it's about first. I don't want to fuck it up, but yeah. So it's essentially the I would say that the log line is is basically um, uh, peel it, trying to peel yourself off the floor after an almost decade long relationship ends and doing it looking for satisfaction in all the wrong places and really self quarantining in your apartment nothing to do with COVID-19 because I shot this last summer. But um, when you're just deep in the depths of despair and you feel like it'll never end and you'll never love again and you really just, you stay inside and you don't shower and you possibly do ecstasy in your own apartment and rollerblade around, um, that's what the short is about. And that's what I'm saying. It's, it really resonated because it it's isolation is is kind of the theme of that. of that and And this, and your character is trying to, trying to find things to do to occupy herself to get up and try to get over this relationship, try to get over the heartbreak that she's feeling. And, and it, you could certainly apply it to what everybody's, a lot of people are going through right now, which is I'm stuck here. I, I really, I, I mean, I found myself cause I'm in my house and I'll, I'll be like, all right, what should I do now? All right, I'll play darts or I'll play a video mm-hmm. game or I'll try to read a book. Um, and by the way, that's, I want to ask you about that. I have found, you would think that at this point, yeah, you know, I was like, man, I should have read about four books by now. And I I'm just can't motivate to do it. And I think what it is, is that things like reading books and listening to podcasts and doing these things, those are things that we used to do when we needed a break. Yeah, if you're stir crazy, the last thing the last thing that I would want to do when I'm feeling stir crazy and antsy is read. Right. But I've been doing um audiobooks are my crack. Um, I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks. I like doing two things at the same time. Um, so I love listening to audiobooks while cleaning or organizing the house or doing something. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that. So I've gotten a lot of books in. Lately. Yeah. Right. What, any good one? Any good recommendations? Um, the Four Agreements is the one I'm doing a deep dive into that on my own uh, podcast. But that's the one I've been rereading for like the 17th time. I love that's like my Bible. I love that book. Um, and I'm reading this book called Woman Code about um, how to basically regulate your own body and your own hormones by what you eat. Um, and then the next book that I have up on cue is the um, People's History of the United States, the Howard Zinn okay. book. I've been having Janine Garofalo recommended that to me a while ago, and it's been staring at my sh- staring at me on the shelf. So that's my next book. That's not an audio book; that's a physical book. So that's going to take real focus. You're going to get into <laughs> to it. Read. Now you mentioned you mentioned your podcast. You you had a lot of things going on. I remember talking to you when you were out here in California. And you have a lot of things going and, and like so many of us, you know, a lot of people, what is that? How are you adjusting now to having that all sort of stop? I mean, obviously you're still doing your shows, but you're not doing stand up. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we've, I, I've talked to, I've talked to other friends of our Joe DeRosa, Justin, there's, there's no end in sight for that. Even when they let us out of the barn, so to speak, it's going to be hard to imagine people going to comedy shows anytime soon. 
how are you wrapping your head around that? Oh, that's that's a hard one for me because I was when I was staying in the city, I was where I live, I was doing three, four, five spots a night at times, at least one a night. And so I and that immediate gratification and oh God, it, it was great because I did New York Comedy Club's like my home club, the one I perform at the most. They have two locations twenty blocks apart. So the booker there would have me do four shows just going back and forth and that was so great because you're like, ah, that joke didn't hit. You re-listen to it on your phone. You go, this is what I need to do. You make the changes. You listen to it again. And it's like boot camp for stand-up. I, I don't know what the fuck people are. I'm going, that's one of the reasons why I'm going stir crazy because I can't do stand-up. But what I'm doing instead is I have these ideas for bits that I write down on my phone and I just talk them out on my podcast. I just riff on them and I just, I force myself to riff for like, 10 minutes to no one and I can't tell if it's funny because no one's here to laugh so and this is no comedian has ever gone this long unless you've taken years off no comedian has gone this long uh without doing stand-up we don't take breaks like this because you you only get better the more it's, you do it so this it's is fascinating to watch so you know people that are still doing shows so for instance I, I watch Bill Maher and Bill's still doing real time and he's doing jokes I saw he does his monologue jokes on his deck. Yeah, and he's, <laughs> and he's, he's actually kind of nailing it. Now, I've watched other people try yeah. doing it, and you can see them. You can see that not having the crowd is impacting, but I think he's doing a nice job of it. Uh, John Oliver, I think, is doing a good job on his yes. show of delivering the jokes despite the fact— because I don't know if people—I'm not a comedian, but I mean, I've done, uh, I've done a lot of stuff where I've been on stage. It would be hard to fathom doing that— without getting that reaction because that's such an integral yep. part of the of the rhythm of comedy right is is and when you're not getting that that's it's no small feat to pull that off that's true i will say like you're a good talker you have a really good cadence because i've listened to your podcast before when justin had told me about it and you're really good at talking you you have the right rhythms down and you take the beats that are necessary to it's a very entertaining way that you speak and you just have to kind of memorize that and apply it the way that we speak on stage you just really have to like hone in, that in focus on it and then bring it to a camera in a room with nobody i i don't know i haven't tried that yet that's why i'm just like i'm gonna just riff on my podcast and see what bits i can get out of that i'm usually pretty good when i take a, a break the longest break that i've taken in the last nine years is probably four days or five days um and then whenever i come back after a break i'm really good I don't know what that means or what that says about me. So maybe I'm going to come back and be the next, you know, chick Louis C.K. or something. Well, and the, that's the thing about coming back, though, too, is, you know, you, in addition to the to the podcast and the comedy, you had you had other things. You just did the short, but you have your eye on on the prize. Like you're, you had a lot of other things brewing and development things. And that's that's the part that I think I'm finding most difficult. So I've probably worked up about 10 different ideas for show pitches but then when you're yep. doing it, you're thinking to yourself, when the fuck is anybody, nobody's going to, there's not going to be any sets. They're not going to be able to get insured. It's like things that people don't think about. Like you can't put together a giant production and bring crew and cast and all these people together and then go, all right, ready to go. Oh, what? Wait, the, the gaffer, you know, the, the key, the, the key grip has coronavirus. Ugh. Oh shit. All right. Shut it down. You know? And, and I'm, and by the way, I know I sound, this sounds fucking whiny and it's like, it's entered, but I guess I'm saying as opposed to other professions where you can at least go, all right, I'm, I'm a contractor. Someday I know I'm going to be able to get back out there 
and I can get my crew, you know, socially distanced and we're going to build a house, right? Yeah. In the entertainment business, it's like, what's the hell's going to happen? Is it going to just be all animated shows? Because you can make the, you can yeah. make those well, separately. I've been talking a lot to my manager who's, he, his, he, um, one of his clients is JB Smoove and he was telling me about all these, like all of these deals that were signed and then the virus hit and you're like, all of them are gone. And, but then there's shows like, um, uh, True TV, one of their biggest, their biggest show without question is Impractical Jokers. That show is fucking huge. They've sold out MSG. I think they're in their eighth or ninth season. 80% of the airtime on True TV is either new episodes of Impractical Jokers or old ones. But the nature of that show is Sal and his friends interacting with people on the streets. They can't go back to production for like another year because. Yeah. That's not going to be a smart idea to interact with strangers. No. And you can't have a face mask it's gone. You're going to be muffled. So I don't. And uh, um, my manager was saying that a lot of networks are renewing shows that they know already work and they're just cutting any new potential show because they don't know if it's going to have an audience. And these are these programs already have a built in audience. So it's like, well, oh, and then boy. you and then you think about the impact it's going to have on things like independent film, because the, the, the reality yep. is. A lot of theaters are going to go away, small theaters. They're not going to survive this, and they're not going to come back. Obviously, streaming was was where it was headed anyway, and now it's been yeah. put on steroids. This is hooking yep. to everybody. Yes, is, too much It's going to be hard to get people to go back to... Hey, let's go out and see a movie somewhere. Let's you know, let's consume this kind of entertainment. It's like, nope, I got. I'm hooked now. I actually think when live comedy comes back, which hopefully it it waits until this is really, really over, so we don't have to do this all over again. But say, I mean, it sounds bleak, but next summer, for example, I fucking hope to God we're all back to normal next summer. I, I think, you know, it, I've never imagined um, a, a, a time in my life where going outside and going into a, an establishment would feel weird again, but that's what it's going to feel like. So it's like, oh my God, I feel like I'm walking outside for the first time in my life almost. And being around people is why, like when I was in Central Park the other day, there was people staying away from each other, but I was just like, hi guys, we're all here. Like, it's just, there's this, there's this energy to a group of people that you can't get anywhere else. And I think that's one of the things people are craving. So I actually think live entertainment when it comes back is going to fucking surge. I think that the comedy clubs are going to be packed. I hope you're right. Because why people are regretting all the nights that they stayed in, you know? Absolutely. And I, I gotta say, I, I I feel like I went on a bender last year, not with drugs and alcohol necessarily, but just going out. Like I have very bad FOMO. And so I was going out all the time and I'm so glad I did because now it's like, well, I've, I'm in timeout, so to speak, and I can sit in one place and figure out how to do that for a second. When, when are, like, what's going to happen with fucking? Like random fucking? Like, oh, I'm, I'm serious. Know, it's, 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 it's kind of a- uh, I'm so horny. It's a, uh, I'm newly single. You know, and I, was, and I yeah. probably picked the wrong time. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and to <laughs> do sure. that, I might, I might have pulled the trigger on that relationship a little too early had I known what was coming. But <laughs> I think to myself, honestly, when are people going to be okay with a random hookup again? I mean, as soon as they say we're allowed to, honestly, I, what I've been doing, I'm not, I don't even have a crush on anybody, which fucking sucks. Wait, whoa, whoa, because- whoa. Whoa, I feel whoa. like I have no one in my, even, like no one I'm interested. There's just no one I'm interested this guy right here. This guy. Yeah, you want to form a long distance. Don't you romance? see the cheesesteak behind me? I did this for you. I, I did do, this I do, I for do you because we're you, both Dan. from Philly. Go ahead. <laughs> but what I've been doing is I'm like, oh, should I go on the dating apps? I'm like, nah, I want to do that. It's kind of bleak. Um, and and also I have a puppy, so it's like text. Like 
even when I didn't have a puppy and I was and there was no quarantine, I set up dating app profiles and I never, never went on it, never wrote anybody back, so I didn't do that. But what I've been doing is at seven o'clock every evening, New York City um, opens up their windows and they clap and applaud for the essential workers. Um, but also, what happens is the hospitals buy me all these firefighters, which I'm obs- <laughs> I am so it's such a hack thing. Okay. But I am so devastatingly attracted to firefighters. My brother's a firefighter. Um, they by park the way. outside the hospital, um, but I'll walk. I'll put my dog, who's still a puppy, I'll put him in his cutest sweater, and I'll walk him by the hospitals a little bit before seven o'clock and then I'll like just stay there and he's he can't walk really yet like he, he can obviously walk but he doesn't walk in a straight line he just sniffs everything and everything is a distraction so he kind of stays put which is perfect so I just park my ass right in front of the fire trucks with Kevin and then I flirt with the firefighters <laughs> that's my new thing I just started it go. yesterday so I'm only two days in but like I put a face mask on I only have to put makeup on my upper half you know, and uh, this is working for you. People are so starved from, uh, you know, contact with one another that you can get hit on on the street and it's pretty effective. I like I like this. I like this strategy. Do you think drunk sex I, I, is going to become a lot more prevalent once we're, we're set free? Because, look, drinking lowers inhibitions. Usually when it came to sex and hookups, we'll be able to uh, decrease your fear of catching a deadly virus you know it's like i could do this me personally no no i think this quarantine is my alcohol during sex so i'm so i haven't been touched by a man in so many months so i feel like when this is all finally over i will not need any substances you're just gonna do it i'm just gonna let me ask you this then you you do you are the host of guys we fucked Mm -hmm. bringing up fucking so i'm gonna give you a list of famous guys you know they have coronavirus. Oh, yes. You know they've tested positive for coronavirus. Oh. They want to fuck. Would you fuck them, yes or no, knowing they have coronavirus? Ready? Uh, first one is Idris Elba, who actually did have coronavirus. Would you fuck him? Yes. You would fuck him knowing he had coronavirus. Putting yourself over you would do that. Okay. Yep. Brad Pitt. Yes. All right. Javier Bardem. Yes. Okay. I'm going yeah, to say no fuck this everybody. Yes everybody. All right, wait, maybe this one. Uh, Coldplay singer Chris Martin. Yes. Uh, you're gonna go a little younger. It's We're been gonna a go wild. Zach Efron. Yeah. Okay. Zach Efron. Wow. <laughs> maybe I have to. Maybe I have to lower lower the quality of start here. Uh, Michael. Well, you happen to you happen to pick a genre of like famous men is something like I know people are like you're a star fucker. I I admire fame in a man. It depends on who they are, obviously, but but to me that means that they worked really hard at a goal that's really hard to accomplish, and they accomplished it. And so I I fame is impressive to me if you're famous for something that that effect like I think is admirable, you know, that, then I'm going to be attracted to you because of that. It's not going to be that hard to be honest. And these guys that you're naming are all okay. gorgeous. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yes. The Rock. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh my, of course. All right, well, hold on. I got to think of somebody that maybe you wouldn't fuck. Wayne Knight Newman from Seinfeld. Who's that? He plays Newman on. Uh, oh, no. Would not fuck him. No, I'm not attracted to him. Jerry Seinfeld. Would you fuck Jerry Seinfeld? No. Really? I'm not attracted to Jerry Seinfeld. What about Dane Cook? I know him. I would say no because I know him and I know he has a beautiful girlfriend and I don't want to. But if, if, in a world, um, probably not. Probably not a comic. Not a comic. There's no comic. Probably not. Chris, Chris D'Elia. Chris D'Elia. He's an attractive guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's cute. I used, to, I used to have a crush on him. Uh, I love his solo podcast. Oh my God, it's so funny. Um, yeah, yeah. I would probably fuck Chris D'Elia. Who, if you... You only get to listen to you. You 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 get three comedians. You can only listen to your you know your who are, the, who are your three favorites. 
Um, Louis C.K. His last special was oh man, it was good. Um, uh, ba 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 Everyone always asks me this question, and it's such a it makes sense that I will be asked this question, but I'm like uh uh uh. Um, Sarah Silverman she- and uh, they have to be alive, right? Yeah. No, they don't um, have to be alive. Uh, Patrice O'Neill is one of my favorites. Um, All right, I got another one for you. You're, you're trapped inside your apartment during a global pandemic, and you can only have you can ooh, o- you can okay, only have the ingredients that's booze and otherwise to make five different cocktails. What are your five? What are your five cocktails? Okay, so I, these are uh, maybe a little boring because cocktails usually aren't my thing. Um, I have to go to a, a person who's very. Uh, good at mixing a cocktail that doesn't taste too sweet. I don't like sweetness. Okay. So what I would drink, what I if I had a choice, I would just drink whiskey on the rock. So I try. I know it's not a cocktail, but that's my favorite. Uh, vodka martini, extra dirty. And then I do this thing where it's like a pickleback shot, but it's a cocktail. I think that's a little. I'm using that term a little loosely. Uh, where I just mix whiskey and pickle juice. It's so instead so of doing good. so, it's just like so everybody knows out there, the pickleback would be when you, you, you slam whiskey and and then pickle juice in 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 suggestion in succession but you're saying you do it together okay all right mix it's a nice little sip and i love salty okay and then tequila soda with a lemon very i'm very simple you see you're gonna survive you're gonna survive during this because you don't need a lot you don't need a lot of ingredients to keep yourself happy all right go ahead what else and and then just plain tequila i mean that's that's the other i wrote down the five drinks that i would drink and those are it what's your go-to tequila um uh i know what the bottle looks like but i can't what's the name i I like patron is fine i feel like that's i just have like a douchey association with patron um but that's my own thing um uh, what's the one with the clear it's the clear bottle with the with the like the pink lettering um i I don't know i I, i'm obviously more of a whiskey person so the tequila i just anybody that i go for one that's pricier because to me i'm like it takes quality which it might not So what do you got going on now in the foreseeable future? You know, people can hear you on the podcasts. Obviously, they can. Where can they? They can watch Dwell on Vimeo, right? Yes, they can watch Dwell on Vimeo. They can go to my website. It's ChristinaHutchinson.com and everything's there. Um, and I'm working on I'm working on a book proposal. So that's obviously something I can do from home, which is fun. Um, it's a book of like essays and photos. Um, and, uh, Guys We Fucked is available exclusively on the Luminary app. Um, you can listen to any podcast on luminary but they have about 50 um exclusive podcasts that we're behind a paywall it's like three dollars and 99 cents a month um but we really i'm very proud of the arc that guys we fucked has taken since we've gone behind the paywall i feel more i feel safer i don't know because i'm like if you're listening you really want to listen and i'm like just dishing out all the dirt that i have let me let me um, ask you that did the, the numbers our- when you went behind the paywall did the numbers how'd they do People, people yeah, followed they, you. They, they, they obviously took a dip because I think the first uh, set of prices, pricing Luminary came out with was eight ninety nine a month, which I'm like, that's that feels too much money. But, um, but we got we yeah we we're one of the top rated shows on the network out of can all I, the fifty of them. Can I say something? Um, and you're, really, you're worth eight ninety nine. Yeah, you're eight ninety nine. Thank you. I don't know about nine ninety nine, but eight ninety. I go eight ninety nine for you. Thanks. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yep. And then the voices in our head, it comes out every Monday or every, excuse me, every Wednesday uh, on anywhere that you get podcasts, including the Luminary app. And in terms of dwell, is there anything, can people leave com? Is there like, I got to tell you guys, it's such a, it's such a really entertaining. It's about 22, 23 minutes long, certainly worth uh, taking the time and watching it. And, you know, is there a way to like 
help you out commenting on it that kind of thing commenting on vimeo is good i've been told i don't know much about the short film world this is all a learning experience for me so commenting on vimeo is good i think we submitted for a staff pick or we're being considered for a staff pick which is exciting um but the more reaction the video gets the better okay um i did submit it to have you heard of short of the week it's a website that premieres no i don't know that one that are like you know good um, I submitted it for short of the week and then, but you can pay extra money to get feedback. And I was like, yeah, I kind of, I don't know much about film. So I would love like a film snob to give me feedback. And they were like, basically like, it's not profound. And I was like, I wasn't trying to be profound. I was trying to be honest. Well, I think it's very honest. I, I, I certainly, um, yeah, I certainly could relate again, having just gone through a breakup, I could relate to yeah, a lot of it and, and a lot of, you, you really did a fantastic job in the cast is 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 really good and it, you know it's a great way to to spend 23 minutes and if you want to if you want to follow Christina on the social media get ready for this cuz she spells her name in a an unusual way but it's at Christina Hutch but that's K R Y S T Y N A H U T C H that's how they spell it in Philly but you're not you're not actually from Philly you're from Doylestown right I was born in Doylestown Hospital and then I lived there for two years, moved to Virginia for 10 years, moved back to Doylestown. Doylestown's a suburb of Philadelphia, where I'm from. Uh, if you want to go follow me at The Imbiber, you'll see, I'm going to put some video up here of what we did here, and you'll see I have a Philly cheesesteak background on my Zoom, which, by the way, is really making me hungry. <laughs> I'm looking at that going, that looks pretty yeah, damn good. Me That's too. a Jim's. That's from Jim Steaks on South Street. That's my favorite cheesesteak place, 4th and South. Someday I'll get to go there again, I hope. Um, Christina, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this because I know you got a really busy... No, you don't. You got nothing going. Nobody's got anything going. We could do, we could do this so for six slammed. hours. Um, I did a virtual workout this morning, Dan, so I got something. You're looking buff, man. You are looking... You're like a, thank ripped. you. Uh, what else are you going to do? Right? You know what I mean? I, I masturbate a lot, but um, that's me. Me too, but that gets old. Pornhub Premium. I bought it. I, I went all in. It really, yeah. But they were giving it away for free. No, that was they? bullshit. They gave it away for free for like it said a month, and I did it, and it was like three days later. It was like, all right, you're you're it's over. Your free membership, <laughs> and then but the, but it was the it was a genius move because here's the thing. Like I like most people, I just did the free Pornhub, right? I, Is it that much? Well, here's better? the thing. The, like the all membership? the videos on the free Pornhub are you know like the you get the 11 12 minute videos. Yeah. Once you get the Pornhub Premium, which by the way was like eighty bucks for the year, right? It's it's all these videos and they're full. They're like forty five minutes, an hour long, and you're like, Whoa. and I was like, oh, it was like discovering a new universe. I was like, holy crap, this is the best. And uh, wow, and you know the fact that I can't leave my house, it's it's a good invest. It's it's the best eighty dollars you're going to spend during this pandemic. Congrats on Dwell. It's it's fantastic, and all the things you have going on. You're the best. And I appreciate you doing this. Thanks. This was really fun. Thanks for having me. Christina Hutchinson, everybody. Support for What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn comes from Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Listen, folks, when it comes to dating, it's a jungle out there. But when you do find someone who wants to take you home, you better make sure it's not a jungle down there. That's why I use Manscaped a revolutionary electric trimmer that makes accidents a thing of the past. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Take my word on this. 
No, seriously, you don't want to Google snag your nuts. It's going to take you down a dark road. Another reason to get Manscaped is that you don't want to use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Oh, and Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not use it on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DRINKING at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code DRINKING. And always use the right tools for the job. Always use Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Hey everybody, this is Ed Kowalczyk from the band Live, and you're listening right now to the second best voice from Pennsylvania. Look folks, now is not the time to overpay for razors at the drugstore, and frankly, you shouldn't be venturing into drugstores at all if you can avoid it. Harry's knows this. That's why they ship directly to you, so you can experience the quality of a Harry's shave in just a few days from the convenience and safety of your own home. One of the things that's keeping me sane during quarantine is sticking to my familiar routines, like shaving with my Harry's razor. Just the scent of that shave gel alone reminds me of what normal feels like. You know, you're going to shave, go out for the day, and normal's a good feeling. So why Harry's? Well, it's a return to the essentials. Quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. They've cut out the middleman. They use a German manufacturer that's been honing precision blades for a century, and those high-quality blades go straight from that manufacturer's factory to you. Also, Harry's is super convenient. You get refills delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, you let Harry's know and they'll give you a full, not a half, not a quarter, full refund. And you can feel good about the purchase. 1% of the proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better health care. And the veterans are included in that as well. So we got a special offer right now for my listeners. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Go to Harry's, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash drinking. Harry's dot com slash drinking. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe. Keep your skin hydrated. Very important. You get a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Again, go to harrys.com slash drinking to start shaving better today or whenever it shows up. Yeah. And um, I want to invite you to go to my Instagram at the imbiber. Some video up there of my chat with Christina Hutchinson. Coming up on future episodes, we've got Harry Lennox. We're going to check in with our old friend Harry Lennox again. We're going to check in with our old friend Maynard James Keenan. i got a big episode coming up with Rabbit Hole. Rabbit Hole uh, it makes whiskey out of Kentucky. They also make a, a gin now. It's crazy. Can't wait for that. I'm going to have the, uh, this, the owner of Rabbit Hole on the show with me. That's going to be exciting. And I don't know what else. I don't know what other things I could fill you in on. I, I hope you enjoyed this week's uh, episode. I did. I really did. Sinking away. And I'm going to leave you with this. Are you ready for a new sound? Just to change the pace a little bit. I remember reading somewhere that the easiest...
la 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 la